This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Alexandra Omachenko, Global Marketing Manager at Skyscanner. Alexandra, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hi, Art. Pleasure to be here. Okay. By this point, I guess you've heard a countless number of times, the world has changed. We all live as a new reality of COVID-19. It touched on the whole global economy. But one of the major industries that was hit really hard was airlines. Following the dominant effect, it impacted many mobile apps that offer services related to air flights. So we wanted to give you a more detailed picture of what actually happened in bringing up experience of one of such apps. But as always on this show, let's talk about you, Alexander Frost. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a global marketing manager at Skyscanner, and I was working at Skyscanner for two years already. And right now, it is definitely unprecedented times. Like this is hard for both like company and uh, employees, uh, but we are getting there. So when before I joined Skyscanner, I was working at Split Metrics, A/B testing software. And Mm -hmm. together with Polks and uh, many other people from the app marketing industry, we've created App Growth Lab app marketing course, which we are quite proud of. Oh, yeah, cool. Speaking of Skyscanner, can you give me a quick thumbnail sketch of what it does? Absolutely. So... Yeah, I mean, Skyscanner is a leading travel company. Right now, we're available on all platforms, well, on desktop, mobile app, and app, obviously. And we started helping travelers in 2003. Like, it was 17 years ago. Like, if you imagine mm. this number, it was like, I was 11 years old when uh, Gareth founded Skyscanner, and now I'm working here which is absolutely fascinating. And now after 17 years, we help uh, more than 100 million people in 52 countries to find the best options for flights, hotels, car hire every month. I'm trying to think like what is standing behind this success that Skyscanner was able to go through this very long journey of 17 years and still being the leading travel company in the world. And I truly believe that one of the reasons for this success is our core philosophy. Traveler first, partner second, Skyscanner third, and also our mission to lead the global transformation to modern modern and sustainable travel. And in these unprecedented times, it truly means a lot. Yeah, so that's actually awesome. Uh, 17 years in business. So you you guys started in pre-mobile era. (laughs) <laughs> when, yeah. yeah, when the several inches screen was the best you can get. Yeah, and, and before and before Skyscanner, like Skyscanner started just as a simple spreadsheet when mm. truly it was just an Excel file where people were comparing deals on flights. And right now, like we are serving that many people in the world and they can do it and book their whole trip with us in a matter of uh, minutes. I find it super fascinating. Yeah, and you said the core philosophy is uh, travel at first, uh, 
kind of yeah. simple, but at the same time, it's not like many companies do follow this philosophy for real. They may claim that they put people at first, but this is just a superficial. It's not real. You should deliver on your promise. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And it so means a lot, like for me as a, an employee of this company, and for me personally as a traveler as well, I can share my personal experience, something that happened a week ago. And I should have had a trip to Peru in May, and obviously it was canceled. And I had an internal flight from Lima to Cusco that I booked directly with Skyscanner, yeah, through my personal email address. And it was like something 50 pounds return. And well, knowing how hard it is for the company, I decided that I just ignore it and I do not need to claim this refund. Like, it's okay. And I was so surprised that Skyscanner's customer support called me a week before this flight, notified me it was canceled and asked how I wanted to receive a refund. And none of other providers did it proactively, like ever. And it just hit me. And I started thanking the support manager and mumbling something that, in fact, I also work at Skyscanner. She didn't get it at all, I guess. And she was like, okay. <laughs> but I was so proud. And I'm still so proud that many travelers received this level of proactive support from us. And this is what makes Skyscanner Skyscanner. Uh, awesome. Actually, it gives me a pretty good segue to my next question. So it's kind of obvious uh, to this, the answer on this question, but still, how exactly COVID-19 changed the airline industry? Do people fly at all? How is it different in different countries? Yeah, that's a good question. And I won't surprise you here. Our data shows that overall search and bookings remain super low starting from April. However, right now we are seeing some very early signs of recovery in domestic travel, particularly in uh, APAC. It's still very early to say that the market is recovering, but we definitely see positive signs and this is very encouraging. So that's, that's great. And just on the timeline, do you see any you know, significant difference in how people travel back in March, April and May? Like you said, people are start, it started to take off in April, but what about March? Was yeah. it just uh, stood still, nothing at all? Yeah, so the drop started after lockdown measures were taken around the world. It was last week's of March. So it started like back then. And right mm -hmm. after the lockdown happened, what we've seen is a peak of, you know, get me home <laughs> and people were searching for just flights to get to where they belong. And after that, we saw a rapid decline that basically in a couple of weeks, we went to almost, well, it's not zero, but like significant drop. Significant drop. Exactly. You know, every business does as well as it can understand its customers. Uh, as, my, as, my, as far as my concern, it's kind of common sense, right? So obviously COVID-19 has changed people's behavior and attitude towards traveling in general. How do you measure this change for your business and adapt your strategy accordingly? We do invest a lot to sense changes to understand like how people react. And we do it not only on numbers and, uh, you know, checking on Skyscanner data what's happening, but we talk mm -hmm. to people. We are surveying around 6,000 travelers in 90 countries every week, 
to gain this understanding of perceived domestic and global risk, whether they are optimistic about traveling, whether they are anxious about traveling. And we see, by the way, that the global travel anxiety has dropped from its highest point from uh, of 72% to the current and lowest figure of uh, 58%, which is good. But still, we cannot say that you know, people are feeling okay to travel, to travel just now. In some countries, again, in South Korea or Taiwan, we're seeing an increase in... Well, I think that New Zealand is close right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about New Zealand. So I, I see. So to make sure that their success is in, is intact, uh, they're, they're doubling down on uh, locking down for sure. So they're not accepting yeah. any flights in, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is a shame because it is my favorite country. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah New Zealand is awesome. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to open up. And I'm just like, I'm already, you know, planning my next trip there. <laughs> yeah. But right now, like what we can do and what our travelers can do, they normally check for domestic travels, especially, for example, in South Korea, the mm-hmm. Taiwan. For example, in South Korea, the domestic travel volumes Uh, search volumes are more than four times higher than the pre-COVID period right now. And in Taiwan, domestic bookings grew eight times month to month in May, which is fascinating. And in other countries, like, and that's why I'm saying that in different countries, people react completely differently. In Northern Mm -hmm. Europe, for example, UK, Netherlands, uh, Germany, we see strong interest in traveling within the region and specifically to Italy and Spain. Or in the United States, for example, people are not that interested in flights, but they're searching more for car hire. Right, yeah, I see. Let's, let's shift the gears a little bit and talk about marketing. Can you pinpoint a specific app marketing channel to be the most efficient to reach out people now? And uh, what marketing channel does allow you to reach these folks but do not annoy them at the same time? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. And the answer would be different for Skyscanner and other companies. So for Skyscanner, I would say that over the last 17 years, we've actually proven that, you know, being user first and not business first is like this approach is the only sustainable way of growing. And we are truly traveler first and we stay true to our belief, whatever happens. And travelers do come back to you after it's all over. And thereby, like right now, we do not actively promote and sell travel uh, at the moment because mm-hmm. people feel still anxious about traveling and they feel so insecure about traveling. So we cannot do that. But instead, we are focusing more on listening and providing the best support possible for our travelers. By the way, like, Our user satisfaction team are true heroes and not only ours, but other teams of our travel providers as well. And well, I I will just say it out loud. If you guys have a chance to talk to them in future, if you need to talk to them in future, just start with something very empathetic and open-hearted. Say, thank you for your hard work (laughs) because they're truly, truly doing their best right now and they'd appreciate these warm words a lot. 
And also, like, we are trying to use our external comms and uh, platforms to share the latest travel information. And also, like, our PR and social teams, they are doing a tremendous job to support encouraging Chirac travelers. And, I mean, they are just trying, like, we are just trying to be where travelers are right now. When they're searching for answers in use, where, when they're scrolling social media, when they're, uh, when they're trying to find positive vibes in music. So we are openly sharing travel trends. We generate video content. We develop Spotify playlists, uh, and we partner with uh, other brands, not specifically travel brands. Mm-hmm. And this, like this exact interview, is in fact can be treated as a part of this. Like I'm trying to show, decrease this anxiety, and to say that we do see positive signs, and we will travel again soon, guys. So I would say <laughs> that probably. And maybe this is the worst thing to say at the business of apps, but this is not a time for app marketing for us. This is time for user set, for PR, for social content teams, these amazing folks. And as of app marketing, I personally and my team, uh, we're using this time to straighten our app marketing infrastructure, data, tech stack, and processes, and uh, be prepared when the world is ready to travel again. Now that's that's totally a valid answer. It just goes to show you that uh, you guys really understand your business and people you're working for. So you're not following you know general guidelines, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cookie cutting decisions. You have an ability to kind of walk in the shoes of people who you're working for and uh, understand. No, that's just just step back. You're not uh, promoting yourself right now because it just uh, it would make it's just worse. That's yeah. very smart. By the way, how many languages do you cover uh, on a support? Because you guys working like all over the globe. I would presume Chinese, Spanish, German. Yeah. So right now, Skyscanner operates on over thirty languages. So we are basically trying to like cover all languages our customers speak. Yeah, that's. That's it's a pretty big list. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think when this pandemic will be over, will people reverse their habits back to what they used to have before the COVID-19? That's a very good question. And to be completely fair, there is no straightforward answer. No one in the world knows how things are going to change. But we know that it will be different. And there is no vaccine right now. It's unclear yeah. when it will appear. And for example, some countries, they are closing already a border for countries with high infection levels. And people need to take an antibody test to be able to go to another country. So there are so many unknowns and it will be restoring traveler confidence in travel will be the key here. And we believe that travel companies will need to consider three main factors which are flexibility, safety, and trust. For example, travelers may decide that they prefer domestic travel in the short term to midterm as uh, they enhanced, you know, all this hygiene and safety measures at airports will be super confusing or taking too much time for them. Or travelers will seek for flexible options and free cancellations between because they do not know whether they will need to cancel their trip closer to the date because of uh, changed travel requirements. I see. So, yeah, I can hardly imagine 
how we can add on the list of things you're going through the airport, uh, you know, regularly, <laughs> and it takes time. And on top of that, you can have the uh, set of measures to prevent the COVID-19 spreading. Um, yeah, I, know. I, I don't think I can, I can see the major airports working on, on the schedule uh, with I know. the extra procedures. All right, yeah. so let's switch the gears uh, one more time and talk about something completely different. I have a few quick questions for you. So they are quick. Okay. Are you iOS or Android person? iOS. All right. So I'm taking notes. So the, uh, <laughs> the pile of iOS folks are bigger. It yeah, is bigger. Well. <laughs> so what is your first uh, mobile phone? Oh gosh, it was so long ago. It was uh, Nokia 3310. You know this model? It's like you could basically yeah, break glass with it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the hit. This is what people are telling me on the, with my previous guests. Uh, like, not the 50%, but yeah, I, I, I can hear this model pretty consistently. I don't think I, I recall using the, uh, I can't recall using this model specifically, but I do remember holding it in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, legend. Such a shame. Yeah, and such a shame they lost this market. I mean, like if you imagine Nokia is one of these companies who actually lost the competition and wasn't able to keep up with changing environment and changing requirements and uh, changing needs of its customers. I find well, it super fascinating. They're not alone. Blackberry, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft, it's a long list. What is your favorite app now and why? Skyscanner. No, <laughs> well, that, that, that too... was easy. I mean, until, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, except Skyscanner. Yeah. Well, personally, I guess it's uh, Flow, uh, Women Health Tracker. I just love that we can remove taboos from these topics, and I just mm -hmm. can, you know call out Flow just right now. Yeah, and also the Belarusians as well. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the less taboo, the, the better. The society will uh, be better off for sure. Yeah. Okay, the opposite question. What is the most overrated app? Probably there, there's an app you tried out uh, for a couple times and you thought, no, that's uh, overhyped. Uh, it, it doesn't deliver for me. Uh, I mean, there are so many of those. Like, there are so many of those. I would say that these are all one-time apps that go off and fade out within months. And we've seen so many of these in the photo and video category. Like there are, there are I, I literally, I, I could say there are, there are hundreds of them. All right. So uh, not a specific one, but there's so many of them. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint yeah. a single one. I mean, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, I, I truly believe when you're doing something, you should have some kind of an idea behind it. Or it can, this idea can be as simple as um, I want to earn money or I want to find partners or I want to showcase my technology or whatever it is. But there are, you know, so many folks who are just like copying work of others. They release it and the app goes off and they, you know, treat their ego for a couple of months. They see their app in top ranks. And after that, it just fades away. And nobody, uh, nobody is going to remember about this app in half a year. So 
I, I think I doubt this concept of doing something just to skyrocket. So I guess like that's that's why for me I have quite strong feelings about that. <laughs> All right. What about new app technologists are you most excited about? What are you waiting for? Well, I think that is something that is already available but not used actively. So I would say it is machine learning and Right now, apps, especially like top of the category apps, they have tons of data and it would be so awesome if we could start using it for, I don't know, developing new features or providing insights or whatever. Like, for example, it's guys kind of, we decided to use the data we have to develop a price prediction feature. And this is mm-hmm. cool. I would imagine that uh, other apps, um, I don't know, um, Headspace or um, hard to come up right now with an idea or I don't know like Gusto or um, Airbnb or any other apps like they have so much data yeah let's just start using it this is so So cool you get you can figure out patterns say that it's just really um, not possible to do for a human being but the machine learning algorithm will be capable to leverage all that all that data and uh, improve the service and uh, exactly. deliver more be, be smarter like exactly. theory that doesn't frustrate you every time you try to ask a complicated question <laughs> will be exactly. truly yeah essential truly artificial intelligence yeah and wow. i mean apple is providing such an extensive support right now to apps who want to do that so I think that the gates are open and uh, it's up to us to just start using the data because like everything's available right now. Yeah, hard, hard work and time. We'll see. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Before I let you go, that was actually the final question, but there's one more. How can people know more about what you do? The company, well, hopefully you will just hear from the company, but what you can do, you can you can just install our app and uh, opt in for our marketing communications and we will notify you about everything that is happening in the company and like everything that you need to know as a traveler. So this should be very cool. And I personally, I'm trying to be quite active on LinkedIn. So if you could find me, Alexandra Lomachenko on LinkedIn. Yeah, let's just keep in touch there. Terrific. Thanks a lot for your time in coming on our podcast, Alexandra. Thank you so much. It was Thank fun. you. Bye-bye. And that was Alexander Lomachenko, Global Marketing Manager at Skyscanner. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data, and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.